the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. There's rarely anything typical about the antidote, but I usually do include an opening song. For tonight, I had to drop that song to make room for an excellent but fairly long conversation with an innovative band called Dens. The band members of Dens and I had been in touch with each other over the past year. When they announced they were playing audio feed, we decided to meet for a talk. Dens is as non-traditional as the antidote. <laughs> Musically, they have their own style. They don't leave anyone guessing with their songs because the lyrics are totally focused on Christ. That faith focus comes out strong on both their debut release and especially on Dan's new EP, No Small Tempest. It was a fun and interesting talk with the band, and our conversation split equally between music and theology 101. <laughs> Enjoy. All the guys from Dens are here jammed into my camper, and all this body heat is flowing. Can I get you guys to introduce yourselves? Sure. I'm Josh. I'm the lead guitarist. I'm Brandon. I'm the drummer. The other Josh. I play bass. I'm Sean, and I play some guitar and do some singing. Nobody ever gets the Joshes mixed up. All, all the time. Uh, we just assume that everybody is named Josh. and <laughs> It's a 50-50 Yeah, you get a 50-50 really. chance. And I've decided to name my kid something really obscure in Old Testament, like <laughs> Obadiah, so that no one can ever confuse him for someone else. So. <laughs> I know some bands are considered underground, but isn't it taking to a bit of an extreme to call your band Dens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, it's actually very hard to find a cool band name, so uh, probably a little extreme, but it was an extreme out of necessity. I mean, when you think about a name and you think about a band, you know, you're also thinking about it as a branding standpoint as well. So you want something that's short, sweet, to the point, can be memorable. Um, and so we felt like that fit the bill. But it wasn't the only reason for the name. It does have some meaning uh, to it uh, at the same time as being able to just be something kind of vague. But yeah, so that's what we did. You said it does have some meaning. And the meaning is does have some meaning throughout the Bible. You th you see dens used in a couple different ways, right? You see Daniel in the lion's den. You could even see Jesus and the disciples in the upper room as a den. We take that from Luke 9, um, where Jesus is talking, and he says that the, the birds of the air have nests and the foxes have dens, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And so for us... We, we take that as a reminder that this is not our permanent place, but we're here for a purpose and for a mission. For us personally, that's what we see Dens as. So Dens actually is a mission. It's not just the music. You've got a purpose. Oh, yeah. I mean, for, for all of us, you know, we're, we're kind of at the stage in the game where we love music and we love playing music, but it's not just a hobby. We see deep meaning and purpose uh, in the things that we do and in our music and how we write and how we interact with people. We see it as purpose. And that's what helps us get to the next place, get to the next show, get to the next song. Make decisions. Make decisions. About how you put together a set. How do you make decisions about where to go and who to speak with? All of those things are built out of an intentionality 
We're trying to be purposeful in the decisions we make because it needs to come into alignment with the mission of the band. Well, you mentioned about at the stage. This was something I was going to ask about. Sitting here face to face with all you guys, you aren't like the typical new band (laughs) age group, which is, you know, like (laughs) late teens, early 20s, maybe. I I am the oldest at 30. And and Josh and I turned 30 this year, and baby boy over here turns 29. 29. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're not young bucks. <laughs> but seriously, usually building a band is a young guy kind of thing. It really has me wondering, so what made you want to jump into building dance as a band? Josh and I actually played in bands in high school. And then this Josh and I uh, played in, in college together, and that's where we met. And I uh, met Brandon through uh, our drummer through another band that he was playing with and we did like a little summer tour back way back in the day Um, after college um, you know we kind of got into the workforce um, but we were still playing music together we were kind of doing more of like a church music thing and we do some camps for kids and things like that kind of doing the worship thing right and uh, seriously you guys were doing the worship thing we i find that it'd be a stretch not very well (laughs) well actually i think we did it pretty well but we were just very different at doing the worship thing which we enjoyed but I'm not sure that everyone else understood what we were doing. It was doing. more Ascend the Hill than Chris Tomlin, yes. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I lead I lead the music at our church. Brandon plays with me. Um, but we did that for like six years. And, um, when we, you know, when we were talking about music and art, you know, there was something just inside us that, you know, I like leading worship and I, I do have a passion for that. Um, there are things inside of us, inside of me, lyrically, musically, that don't fit that bill. Artistically, you're kind of boxed in, in a way. And I think we've boxed ourselves in, in the church music as a whole. For this time period, it's it's this sound, it's these chords, it's it's this structure, it's become a genre. And um, man, just artistically, we were um, feeling like we were malnourished. (laughs) We were feeling uh, like we were in a desert and we just started to, to just get out of that. We realized then that, you know what, what we're doing now needs to change and we need to yeah. do something well, different. We, we started writing music and that's just what came out. Right. Yeah, like we didn't go out and say, hey, we want to write music that fits this genre or it feels this way. We just kind of wrote, what we, we sort of threw down all of the rules and wrote an album and that's just what came out. Yeah. So our first record from Small Seeds Come Giant Trees, you hear that marriage. You hear the hard, heavy tones, but you also kind of feel that that worship thing that we were doing, and we were just kind of finding our path, finding our footing there. And um, with this new record, No Small Tempest, I feel like we've kind of fallen into the vein of what Dens is going to be.
The song Sackcloth and Ash has probably made you realize why I was so interested in speaking with Dens. That's the first of a couple songs on tonight's playlist from the band's new EP, No Small Tempest. But Dens also has a past, and let's hear more about that during the next part of the interview. Listening to the sounds of Dens, it's easy to make comparisons to bands like Thrice, Everything in Slow Motion, and My Epic. What makes your sound different from those bands is how many genres are blended together in your music. Do you like the diversity? I mean, I, I don't know that we sat down and we're like, hey, we want to sound like these bands or when we're writing parts. I mean, I would say those bands have influenced for sure, um, like the way that each one of us play. But I think in a sense, we've kind of like found our own voice where... I don't know, it's just like, to us, it's just honest. Like, that's, that's yeah, just who the, we are. The blend of genres, I think, is just reflective of all of the music that we listen to individually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and somehow that all coalesces. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so for me, these guys kind of grew up on, correct me if I'm wrong, but like an under oath feel and that sort of thing. Um, I, I grew up in a completely different city, like on a farm, and learned how to play guitar playing blues rock in juke joints and stuff like that. And so it's not like I said, hey, I want to marry these things. It was just that's how I learned how to play, and that's what came out, and I can't play any better. Like, so. <laughs> Are you saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks? Is that what you're Pretty saying? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, I, I will say I feel like your lead guitar playing um, really, like, get, it does give us a voice that I feel like maybe some of the post-rock and alternative stuff that's going on doesn't have, and that's just because that's the four of us playing together so yeah, yeah. i mean I, I, lo- I love the diversity i do i mean it creates kind of a new sound it's not just a, a cookie cutter thing you know because what's really funny is when we try to do cookie cutter like when we try to be <laughs> oh, like everybody man. else oh, it man. sounds awful yeah. it's terrible because we can't pull it off i mean the way that we write is we just we just have some ideas or whatever we'll we'll throw it in the studio and the way that josh when he plays a guitar when he writes is he goes into the studio by himself and he'll spend hours up there doing hundreds of takes on guitar <laughs> and then he's like what do you guys think about this and we'll come up there and just be blown away and and it's just kind of how the things are birthed and and different vocal melodies that i do are kind of based off the kinds of things that he does we have some things before he goes in there that are set in stone we're like i'm hearing this melody and you know it doesn't always work out that way but that's just kind of how our process goes i think i think we really do play off of one another like because of each one of our playing styles we've kind of like spur things in one another to be creative and maybe ways that we wouldn't be on our own yeah so we're definitely each other's producer yes (laughs) definitely (laughs) something else that's distinct about dance is how the bulk of the lyrics focus on your faith you want it to be upfront and obvious well the short answer is yes Hope it's I hope it's clear in the lyrics, but at the end of the day, for me personally, and I think these guys would agree, music is an overflow of my personal mission and my personal calling is to do something that has eternal value. And the only way that I can have meaning eternally speaking is to be invested in my faith. And so therefore, you know, everything else that I do, whether that be music or relationships or whatever it is that faith has to flow over into it. Um, so my faith influences my music and the music is sort of an outgrowth of that. It's a, it, it flows out of, it has to, 
because everything I do flows out of my faith. Well, maybe this is the difference between mission versus marketing. You know, wouldn't using lyrics with double meanings make your music more accessible to non-Christians? Yes, of course it would. Um, I think art, is so far as it's beautiful, when you see beauty of any kind, it reflects back to a creator. And so beauty can come from people who have no faith, and that, that, that can actually be reflective of God in, in its own way. But for us, personally... Um, you know, we want to be intentional with using the time that we have. You kind of pointed it out like we're a bunch of old guys. Um, <laughs> no, we're not. Look, look at me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but the, the thing is, like, we, we don't have time to sort of uh, fool around without doing something that has eternal meaning and purpose. And so from the get-go, we said that we wanted to be intentional about using this thing that we call music and art for that purpose, for the sake of encouraging others in the faith, talking about the hard issues, being open and transparent and genuine about those things um, with the hope that we can encourage someone else in it. I mean, for us too, it's, it's authentic. If I'm going to do something, I just want, I want to be real. And so what, what comes out is, is just what's on our heart, what we're thinking of. Um, and it's just transparent. It's, it's open and honest. And I think in the world that we live in, I think we just need more open honesty, more conversation. You might not agree with me on a lyric or where I stand in my faith, but hey, we can have a conversation. We can talk to each other and love each other. That's what we want to do is is be open, authentic, real, and loving. And you never get listeners wanting to shut you down when you're playing at a show? I think the distinction here is we're not out to judge anyone. That's not our job. We're out to love people. You know, we're not trying to condemn anyone or anything like that or, or critique their faith. Um, it's more like, here's where we are. Here's the, you know, here is the message that we've come with. And we're not here to, you know. Um, here's the reason for what we do. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and t- you know, take it or leave it. But this is how we feel. And we're not here to judge you or anything like that. We're here, to, we're here to show you love. You know, maybe we tick someone off with what we said, but then you turn right around and then we get to pray with somebody after a show. Mm-hmm. So we, we upset someone in the crowd. But on the flip side, because we said what we said and because our lyrics have that message, we were able to sort of, you know, huddle around someone and encourage them in a way that, you know, truly was a God moment rather than every day, like trivial things like it wasn't just music in that point i spoke earlier about the mix of styles in your music and that's really noticeable on hope bringer from small seeds come giant trees it has this long acoustic intro and then it builds into this awesome transition into the full band even then the song bounces back and forth between hard and soft were you looking for a dramatic touch yeah i think it's a dramatic song the feel that I get is almost walking through this grave in the quietness of the night with that shovel dragging behind you. I am a dead man walking. No no breath in my lungs. I am nothing but bones, right? You've, you're brought down to that low point of realizing that we are nothing in and of ourselves. Our flesh is just flesh and bones. It's just dust, right? And then then it just this it swells into this question of, is there hope? Right? Is there peace? Is there some relief? And then it's it's kind of, for me, what God does in that moment is just kind of crushes you with his overwhelming grace. And you realize that you are good in the pain. Though my heart is heavy, you are rest for my soul. And then, then that second verse is that those waters that he holds back 
the waters of his wrath that we deserve to crush us and instead he floods us with his grace and and that's kind of just the transitions uh, of that song and the only reason they happen that way our stuff is intentional but not intentional at the same time uh it's intentional but those things they just happen probably the least intentional thing like the the actual like the chords and the the notes and the structure like all those things they're just happy accidents yeah a lot of times we're like what is the lyrics saying and how can the music best represent that or best undergird that moment? And, and then we try to make that happen.
Really, on your debut release, you sort of laid it out, listing virtually the attributes of God on the debut from Small Seeds Come Giant Trees. So much of the album centered on that. Were the songs aimed primarily at yourself, or were you really trying to point it at your listeners? I think most of the things that I do are introspective. I'm not the love songwriter. You know, that's it's just I've never written that kind of music. You know, a lot of the stuff that I write is just um, about where I'm at, what I'm feeling. Um, On the verge of self-loathing. No. <laughs> no. Um, Out of the band. <laughs> but also, um, you know, when I talk to my kids, when I talk to people on the street, when I'm explaining God or talking about God, some of the best ways that I do that is through my personal experience. Like in our song, Life Breather, it wasn't that we were trying to be preachy about we believe that life begins at conception in the womb, right? It was this realization that David had in Psalms that, like, God, you know me and that you know the hairs on my head, right? You know me intimately and everything about me. And when I realize that and when I realize how much God knows me and how intimate that he wants to be in my life, that flows out for me to want to share that with other people. Like, this is the God that breathes life, that breathes in the Hebrew, that nishama, right? That he gave a breath different to us than he did to every other living creature, that he set us apart for something greater than than just roaming the earth freely, right? We're to, we're to worship him with everything that we are and everything that we do, and our music and our, and our thoughts and our actions. Yeah, I'll tell you what it was for me. I, so I'm a theology student um, and spent a lot of time in the books and in academics and everything like that when I'm not playing music. That feels so sterile to a lot of people, theology does. It feels so just purely intellectual. But the beauty of music is when you take an idea from theology and put it to music and put it in art, it speaks that truth in a way that other people can hear it in a new way. Um, so for me, that's what it was. It was all of these things I'm trying to digest intellectually. How can I take that and make it more of an experience? How can I take that and make it speak in a new way to other people? Yeah, nobody's going to write a song about God breaking the teeth of the wicked. Like, yeah. it just doesn't happen. Right. But, I mean, it's in Scripture, so why not sing about it? Sure. And we did. And we did. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of this album was that so many times, all of these different attributes of God, we focus on the one. Really, a lot of this came from um, a message that Josh gave at our church, where he kind of wrote out on this whiteboard all of these different things that were different attributes of God. And he said, a lot of times we focus on God is love, and we get right there, and that's what we preach, and that's what we're about. But God is all both love and wrath at the same time, and until you step back and you worship God for not only loving and giving us life, but he breaks the teeth of the wicked, that he will crush those who stand against him. He's just, until you stand back and worship God for who he truly is, you haven't worshiped God for who he truly is. Earlier this year, Dens brought out the single, Will You Keep Out All the Sadness? The lyrics question God about problems encountered in life. Shouldn't Christians be assured that God wants only the best for them? Mr. Theology. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to answer your question in a word, yes, the Lord does, of course, want only the best, but that doesn't mean that 
um, we don't experience evil, that we don't experience difficulty and pain and trials and suffering. And, and of course, those things manifest in different ways for different people. And, and that was part of the, the question in that song is, you know, in the midst of all of these things, whatever that means to the listener, right? Whatever that pain and that trial is, are you still God? Are you still going to take care of us? Are you still who you say you are? Um, is that a good question? I think it absolutely is a good question. In fact, I would say that God invites us to ask that question because he wants to answer it uh, and that we shouldn't shy away from it. We should not try to brush that under the rug uh, because somehow that that would make us bad Christians or whatever. Um, no, bring those questions. And I think, you know, Jesus invites John the Baptist when John asks him, are you the one who is to come or should we wait for another? You know, those questions of doubt and insecurity at times and wondering if something is true. Jesus says, you know what, let me give you proof and here's the evidence. Um, and so I guess that's what I would, would say is those questions are good questions and we don't need to back off of those. We need to push into them. Should we always expect an answer? Um, you know, at the risk of being cliche, um, the answer doesn't always look like we think it should look. I, th- I think what we, we find is when we push forward into faith, um, that that doesn't relieve suffering immediately all the time. Sometimes suffering is, is literally long suffering. Um, and I think that that's okay. But it's a matter of perspective, because in the midst of suffering, we, we often find that the suffering brings about greater virtues in us, greater reliance on God in us. It pushes us forward into eternity with that eternal perspective that, that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, there are two perils in life. You know, there's the peril of prosperity. And the problem with prosperity is people can become apathetic. Um, and there's no built-in mechanism to make them think about God. When, when everything's going well and everything's okay and everything is good, there's nothing to force you to your knees um, to speak to the Lord. But the peril of problems and pain and trial and suffering has a built-in mechanism that forces us back to God. We, we find the answer. We always find the answer, though the answer can take a long time. And sometimes the answer is we need to learn Reliance. We need to learn perspective. We need to learn some greater virtues that come out of suffering and that relief isn't always immediate. I would also say that I think the world, when looking at Christians, oftentimes think that we don't suffer. We don't like, why are we experiencing the same things they do um, if we have Jesus and if we have God? And the fact of the matter is we still experience the same things the rest of the world does. It's just that all those things now have purpose and have a way to mean something. You know, Jesus doesn't make us perfect. He makes it all worth it and, and makes sense. It's okay to have questions, and it's and it's okay to, to cry out to God and say, God, will, will you keep out all this sadness? Will will you keep out this pain, or, or why why is this going on in my life? And and like Josh said, I, I think sometimes those answers are quick, but most often those answers they take a while. As Christians, like we have to be okay with not having the answers all the time and not feeling happiness every day of our lives. I mean, there is joy in the Lord, but we're still here in the flesh. You're never going to hear that on mainstream Christian radio. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. That's why we'll never be on there. <laughs> I'm going to get personal for a moment. 
I've been on an emotional roller coaster this past week. A huge blessing was my son marrying the love of his life. And two days after the wedding, I hit probably one of the lowest points in my life as I spoke at the funeral of my best friend. It's left me questioning God the same as this next song does. Will you keep out all the sadness?
no small tempest. I mean, it has a totally different tone from small seeds come giant trees. It is darker. You know, it's even harsh at times. Yeah, so um, we were, were sort of writing through the attributes of God in the previous release. And the direction we took on the EP, we actually wanted to have a song for each chapter of the book of Jonah. And so each song represents that chapter. And so um, we, we sort of looked at the EP uh, as a narrative um, that mirrors the message that we see in Jonah, but doesn't always come right out with it the way that from small seeds come giant trees did. So the, the EP is more of a narrative, um, whereas the previous release was more of a right in your face, here's the message. It's a concept that I've wanted to do for at least eight years now. Yeah, so for the record, this yeah. was all Josh Tomlinson's idea. It was. It Thank was. you. Thank it you. was. <laughs> because you were obsessed by the VeggieTales video. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed just told him he could not dress as an asparagus when we played the album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Uh, then we eventually I, reneged on that. I enjoyed Jonah. Um, I enjoyed the, uh, the audio commentary of Jonah, too. But I feel like, at least for me, I relate the most to Jonah. Because he has a beard. Um, no, I, like, you know, God says, hey, go do this. And I say, I don't want to do this. And then I'm, you know, drugged by the collar to go, you know, do whatever it is. We have and, to literally drag him yeah, by the collar yeah. to come with us to play bass. And, uh, <laughs> and, and even in that, you know, like, there's still, you know, the anger or um, being upset. Um, but, but at the end, like... God has the final say. Um, and so I, that's why we wanted to do Jonah. And that's why, like, in this configuration of guys, um, this was the best time to do it. I mean, and a lot of people that don't even go to church knows the story of this guy that got swallowed by this fish, right? And what's that about? And what has been really cool is, man, there are so many things in those four little chapters that speak to so many different areas of life. And as we were writing this, I'm watching things playing out in the world around me that, man, Jonah speaks to so much. There are so many things in there that, that even speak to culture now. And, um, Man, the music written along with those chapters, we like we talked about earlier, we really just tried to make the music undergird the message. And what gives that message the loudest voice? And what gives it the most impactful voice? And uh, that, that's how we decided musically to, to write around that. Trying to make a bigger impact. Was that also a reason for signing to a record label with Face Down? Yeah, I mean... We felt like we needed a platform. Um, we felt like we needed somewhere that would help us get that message and that music out. And um, I know by God's providence, um, we were engrafted to the Face Down family. And um, that has been phenomenal and instrumental. Because, you know what, at the end of the day, this music, they do not belong to us. This is God's word. And man, by his grace, uh, Jason and, and the family at FaceDown uh, reached out to us. And um, we talked with them for a while, and we, we felt like this was where God wanted us to go with with this music. Yeah, and mean, with future music. Yeah, we I mean, we only play s but so many shows, um, and we can only self-promote but so much. But, uh, you know, through the partnership with FaceDown, like, 
the music, the album, the, the concepts, the contents, like all of that is reaching people that we may never meet in person. That's right. And, you know, I think that's key for us.
Vice and Virtue, another great song from Den's No Small Tempest release. Thanks for tuning in tonight for The Antidote. I've really gotten into the music of Den's, and I also love what's coming from next week's artist, The Pretty Bats. And oh yeah, I laughed too when I heard the name, but they put out seriously great punk. And I still love the band, even though they seem to be obsessed with using the color pink on everything. It's the color of their clothing, their merch, and even their music. They also carry the influence of a huge number of my favorite punk bands. That instantly made them a must-have for this show. Well, we're not quite finished with Dents. The band comes back to speak about Wretched, my favorite song from the No Small Tempest EP. Enjoy this and come back next week for more Christian music that doesn't suck on the antidote. I do have a personal favorite from No Small Tempest, and it's the song Wretched. And it certainly isn't a typical radio song. It's seven minutes long. And it has this unusual style. You know, it's slow and methodical. It's almost shoegaze at times. It also includes a few lines from the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. It's as if Dan's took Spafford's hymn and rewrote it for yourselves. Honestly, it's one of my favorites. Um, it's one I had the most most fun with. Um, it was the last one to come out too. It was it the was. La- it was the last one to come out of us. Through chapter two of Jonah, he's underwater, right? And if you've ever been in a pool, gone underwater, or been in the lake or the ocean, the outside sound disappears, and you've just kind of got this wash. It's almost what a baby hears in the, in its mother's womb, okay. and you're kind of taken back to that moment. You're kind of taken back to that infant moment and it's Jonah realizing that I'm sinking to the depths and no sounding line could reach me. But each little chorus of that song is that I'm surrounded by this unfathomable unknown, by this presence. And and the whole thing is that I am known through all of this, through though I was wretched and dirty rags, I am known. And God's grace is not only the whale that swallows Jonah, but God's grace was the storm that threatened to sink the ship. And and seeing God's grace in both of those things, Jonah gets to this point, we get to this point where we realize there is no time to be asleep at the bottom of the sea. And so we threw that hymn in there at the end. It went along with kind of that watery theme, but I, I felt like even like a soundscapey where he comes back out of the water and is on the beach and just kind of has this moment of it is well. No matter what goes on in my life, whatever I've done, no matter the guilt uh, that I might feel, that God loves me and God's grace is sufficient to save me and is sufficient to sanctify me. And that no matter what comes in my life, the praise that, that be on my lips need to be, it is well. That no matter what happens in life, those sad points or those times of despair, that we can sing it is well because of what God has done for us and what he continues to do for us in the belly of the whale and in the, in the tempest. Maybe you should explain the background behind Spafford's hymn because some people may not realize what that is. Yeah, so the, the guy that wrote this hymn, he had sent his family on a ship. He was going to join them later. 
they sailed out and they got over this point. They, they ended up sinking and his children drowned. He receives this news. He's on this ship and he gets to the point where they sank and he writes this hymn. This wasn't a guy that was in Nashville in the corporate office and was like, I need the next Christian radio hit. And so let's just weave this lyric and this lyric and this lyric from this psalm, this psalm, and that proverb. And have a bunch of hallelujahs. And have a bunch of hallelujahs, uh, hand clap emojis. And, um, and it'll be gold. I mean, this was just raw. Honest. This is how I'm feeling. Yeah. The, the Lord has brought me to this point, and, and I can say this with with you know, true earnest heart. And I connect to music like that. And I think other people ultimately connect to music like that. And so taking that helm, just like we did with Jonah, I mean, we're taking Jonah's story and applying it to our lives. Hopefully the listeners do that too, but taking that hymn and doing the same thing and it ties all together. Um, the same thing that Spafford was talking about, I think is probably similar to what Jonah was feeling in that moment. It's probably similar to what we feel in those moments. Your kids are coming back to collect you. <laughs> so we should probably close this up. Why don't you give us a last thought? If you were forced to sum up Dens in a single statement, what would it be? I would say for me, purposeful, right? Whether in, in setting up, in playing and tearing down what we do on and off stage. I mean, it's us. It's who we are. But it's intentional. It's purposeful. You know, I, I want my life to mean something, you know, and I want to be able to speak God's truth into somebody as well as being spoken to at the same time. Climbing out of their hole was dense here with the antidote. I couldn't resist. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming for a talk. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks so much for having us. Thank you.